0: Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello everyone, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. And I really do hope that everyone plans on staying for lunch. Even if you weren't planning on it, you got to eat somewhere, right? I mean, it's the end of the fast, so I'm eating everywhere right now. It's kind of what I'm doing. So I'll be there and there and there. Um, I have coffee today. If you've been doing the Daniel fast, you understand this right here. (laughs) That's just good. I missed that for the last 21 days. If you participated in that fast that we just did, I just want to say thank you so much for your sacrifice. Um, I've seen so much movement forward as a church, but I've also seen God answer tons of prayers over the last three weeks. So thank you guys so much for your sacrifice. It's definitely been worth it. Hey, coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks, we have a team of 15. Here's a picture of our team going to Guatemala for a mission trip. And uh, we're leaving uh, a week for, or two weeks from tomorrow. So I'm super excited about that. So two things. One, if you would start praying for that team, I would appreciate that. Uh, Last-minute preparations on our end and also down in Guatemala City. But uh, if you would be interested in financially helping some of these team members uh, raise their their funds for the trip, that would be helpful as well. We only have two more weeks to raise uh, funds for the trip, and uh, several of the team members haven't quite reached it yet. If you're interested in supporting that and helping out, just go to our website, and there is a Guatemala Mission Trip link, and you can give that way. So I appreciate your generosity there. So I love guacamole. All right, anybody here that loves guacamole... Yeah, I do. My favorite way to eat it is when you go to a Mexican restaurant and you order guacamole and somebody comes up and they start, what you, you doing all that stuff and making it? No, they don't actually do that. They actually just kind of like grind, you know, the avocados and do that kind of thing. But fresh guacamole is just so, so good. Well, guacamole was one of the things that we could eat as part of the Daniel fast, And so my wife made guacamole a couple of times, and it was so good. And uh, I remember coming home one day, and I said, man, I just want some guacamole. So I I don't know how to make it. It looks pretty complicated, you know? And so I I went downstairs, and I said to my wife, hey, babe, I want to make some guacamole. Um, what What do I do? What's in it, you know? And so she tells me, starts telling me this. And I said, okay, and then you chop what? And then you do what? And then she said, do you want me to help you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So she came upstairs and we did the, the whole avocados and kind of mushed those and had tomatoes and onions and salt and pepper and hot peppers. And it was so good. It was so good. Um, but I'll tell you what I found out in the midst of that is that something that looked pretty complicated to make and uh, turned out to be pretty simple. If you know how to make guacamole, it's, it's really not rocket science, is it? It's, it's pretty straightforward. But because I didn't know how to do it, it seemed pretty complex. But once I knew, right, then, then it was pretty, pretty simple. Isn't that the way life is though? There are so many things that seem overly complicated because we just simply don't know how to do it. When I was a, uh, an IT professional, that was before I was a pastor, one of the things that I would do is, is kind of answer some of those support calls. So someone would call and say, I, my computer's not working. Can you come help fix it? And because of my background and my training, I would walk into their office and go, "Oh yeah, you just gotta plug it in, you know, or you need to." That did happen sometimes. Um, or you know, oh, just right-click here and click this box, and 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 they're like, "Oh, thank you so much, man. That was that was super simple. Turns out it's super simple. But if you don't know how to do it, it can seem really complex. So." Now, wives, don't be poking your husbands on that story. All right. Anyway, so um, in the in the Christian walk, we can have those things as well. There are things in our spiritual journey that, until we understand them or know how to do them, they can seem pretty complex. Like one of those, many of us have fasted for the first time, uh, like from food, uh, this past you know three weeks. But before that, it's like, I don't, I don't know how to fast. I mean, that seems pretty complicated. But once you realize that fasting is just like not eating, it's pretty easy, right? I mean, you just, you just close the mouth and don't put anything in it. It's just what you do. And that's just called fasting. It's pretty simple. Well, there's another area in the spiritual journey that I think can, can be seen as pretty complex, and that's prayer, right? I mean, I know when I was first a Christian, I would be like so intimidated when it came time to pray. You know, I was just like, oh man. And there's these people that they just, they just know how to pray and, and it's, they're so good at it. And I just don't know how to do it. Well, let me let you in on a secret. Praying is actually pretty simple. It's pretty simple. But until you know how to do it, it can be pretty complex. It can be pretty complex. Now, prayer is very common throughout the Bible. The word pray, prayer, or prayers is mentioned 279 times, and you can't really read much of Scripture until you come across someone praying. There's examples of Moses praying, David praying, Abraham praying, uh, Noah, Jonah, and yet it can seem pretty complex. Well, today, today we're going to talk about prayer, all right? Um, The word for our church, for 2020, our kind of our vision statement for 2020 is deeper. Is deeper. So we're going to start a four-week series today called Prayer, Diving Deep, and we're just going to go into some, some deeper topics of prayer and get to know them. You know, kind of understand them a little bit more. We're going to talk about spiritual warfare. Yeah, that can seem really you know complicated. Um, we're going to talk about uh, circle making prayer or persistent prayer. And then we're even going to um, study a section of Scripture where the disciples asked Jesus, they said, man, teach us how to pray. And then Jesus kind of gives an outline of how we should pray, and we're going to talk about that as well. But today, today we're going to try to answer the question, what exactly is prayer? We've heard it, we've seen it, we might understand it, we've read about it, but what exactly is prayer? And the way we're going to answer this is we're going to Read an entire chapter of the Bible. We don't normally do that on a Sunday morning, but we're going to be in John chapter 17, and you can turn to your Bibles there if you would like. It's in the fourth book of the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And um, in this chapter, chapter 17, it records one of Jesus' prayers. All right? So the whole chapter is just Jesus praying. Now, before he does this prayer, Got to understand the the context a little bit. This is his last public prayer before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane, gets arrested, gets beaten, and then he eventually is crucified and killed. So think about it that way. This is his last kind of public prayer before all of that is about to happen. Okay. So it's a rather long section. Just bear with me. Uh, Many times we will read just a couple of verses and dive into those. Uh, But I love it when we can take kind of a a higher view of of several verses all at one time. So as I read these, just try to get kind of a bigger perspective of what Jesus is saying. All right, starting with verse 1, chapter 17, he begins to pray for himself. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the name of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture would be fulfilled. There he's actually talking about Judas, one of the twelve disciples. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. And I love this last section through the end of the chapter because this is when Jesus actually starts to pray for us. He prays for other disciples, future disciples, and that's us. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me. That they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. And have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me. Because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father. Though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. All right, so today's message uh, is titled, Prayer, Demystifying the Spiritual Practice. And my hope is to simplify prayer a little bit by looking at This entire chapter as Jesus modeled what prayer looks like. So I'll give you a few points that you can fill in on your handout, but first let me pray and then we'll get started. So God, I come to you and I thank you for your word that just captures so much, uh, records so much. And Jesus, I thank you for coming on earth, uh, first of all, to live a perfect life and to model how we should live and How we should love and not hate and and how we should pray. So, God, I, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and minds, that you would open up our our minds and our hearts to hear from you, and that you would give me your words to speak. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, three points today. First, the first one is this. When Jesus prayed, he number one had a conversation. Had a conversation. If you look at this very first four verses, now this is when Jesus begins to pray. He doesn't start out with a bunch of these and thous or sacraments or anything like that. He starts out by saying, after this, well, after this, Jesus said, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Just think about that. I mean, God knows that the hour has come, but it's the kind of conversation you would have with your friend or your spouse. Hey, hon, it's it's about time, right? I mean, it's not very formal. He just starts it out with a simple conversation. He goes on and he says, uh, Glorify your son, that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. I mean, he's just talking at this point. I mean, God knows that, but Jesus is just, he's just having a conversation with him. And he goes on to say, now this is eternal life, that they know you, and just just talking with God. It's not some big formal prayer. It's a conversation. Uh, it reminded me of um, what I do pretty frequently. My dad is semi-retired. He lives up in Michigan. And uh, so quite often when I'm just driving either into the church or to a meeting, I'll just call my dad and just say, hey, dad. He's like, hey, hey, son. I said, what you doing today? <laughs> just wondering. Usually he's like climbing a roof or he's in a tree or he's doing something crazy. Um, but we just have a conversation. I, I don't have any purpose in the phone call. You know, I just, I just call to check in, see how he's doing. And we just kind of talk back and forth. And what's been really fun for me is my daughter, Anna, moved to California. And uh, so she has a commute now to, to church or to work. And, and so uh, my phone will ring and I'll, it'll be Anna, and I'm like, oh, is something wrong? And I'll pick up the phone and, hey, Dad, how's it going? I'm just driving, thought I'd call and just, just chat, just chat with you. Well, I believe that's what Jesus was doing here. He's just, he's just having a conversation with his heavenly Father, just talking to him. And, you know, that's, that's how we should pray. We don't have to really figure this out. It's not super complex, I've had people say, man, I just don't know how to pray. And I'm like, do you know how to talk? <laughs> well, yeah. Do you know how to have a conversation? Well, yeah. Then you know how to pray. We just, we just talk to God. Now And then sometimes it's a two-way conversation. Sometimes God will talk back to us. When I go for uh, walks, I'll go over to Ox, Oxbow Park and, and just walk a couple of laps. And I'll just have a conversation with God. And I'll say, oh Lord, man, it's been a rough day. And then I'll like answer it myself. It's like, I can hear a thought inside myself. Yeah, it's, it's been tough. I, I've seen it. I'm like, well, well, why didn't you stop it from having me a rough day? And then I can kind of hear God say, because eh, you kind of needed to work on your patience. You know, and, and it could be that it's just my own thoughts because I know what God would say. But there are many times I will tell you the responses that I get back in my own mind are not thoughts that I would come up with, you know? Like, man, Lord, that Joe guy, man, he just ticks me off. Well, are you going to forgive him? That's not what I would think, you know? That, that's not what would come up. But that'll, that'll, that thought will pop up in my mind. Well, well no, or yes, I guess. Well, that's good. You know, I mean, just you get that. You know what I mean? But that's how you can have a conversation with God. You're not going to hear him through your ears very often. There are some people who have heard God audibly. Um, Most of the time, God is going to speak to you through your own thoughts. And again, it's just a conversation. He wants to talk to us, to chat with us. Um, One of the things that uh, happens a lot when I'm having a conversation with my dad, though, he's probably just waiting for it. Hey, Dad, how's it going? Good hey, can I come up and have you work in my car? You know what I mean? It's the request, right? I mean, if you have kids, you understand conversation doesn't go very long before they're asking for something. You know, it just seems like that's what's going to happen. Well, that's what Jesus did. He's just like, hey, the, t- the hour has come. He starts having a conversation with his heavenly father. But that's point number two. When Jesus prayed, he made lots of requests. But in verse five, he says, and now, Father, glorify me in your presence. In verse 11, when he's talking about his disciples, he just mixes these in. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Verse 15, he says, protect them from the evil one. Verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And then in verses 20 through 21, this is when he's asking God, he's praying for us, his future disciples. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. So he's, he's asking, just in the middle of the conversation, he's just mixing in these requests. Now, our, our prayers shouldn't just all be requests, right? We should have, we should talk to God, we should praise God, we should thank God, do those kinds of things. But it should include asks. It's okay to ask God for things. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask God. So it's important. It's important to say, okay, God, I need to ask you for something. Hope that's all right. You know, I've, I've had people say to me, well, I don't, I don't ask God because he never answers my prayer. And I would say, God always answers our prayers. But he doesn't always answer yes there's always an answer. No, not yet. Sometimes it's yes. But if you think about it, if you're a parent, you have kids, they ask for things. Do you say yes every time? No, we don't, right? We don't because we know what's best for our kids. God knows what's best for us. He can see the past he knows our hearts now. He knows our situation now. And he can even see the future. So God's perspective on things are so much grander than what ours are. But it's still okay to ask. You know, there was a time when, uh, when Jesus asked God for something. And God basically told him no. You know, we read of all the times that Jesus prayed and God healed people, and, and people were delivered. We see all of that, but, but there was is, there is one time recorded in Scripture where God effectively said no. And that was after he had said this prayer that we read in chapter 17. Uh, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and uh, he went off by himself, and he just started praying to God, his Father. I mean, he, he was anguished, because Jesus knew what was gonna happen the next day. He knew what kind of death He was going to go through. He knew that he was going to be beaten, that he was going to be mocked, that he was going to be spit upon, and he really didn't want to go through it. I mean, you can't blame him, right? He really didn't want to go through it. And so he was praying. He was saying, God, if there's any other way, man, take this away from me. I don't want this to happen. I don't want this to happen. But even in the midst of that prayer, Jesus knew that God knew better than him. And he says in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he says, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. He understood that God had a better perspective on things, that God's will was better. And I'll tell you what, I am so grateful that God didn't answer Jesus' prayers and spare him from dying on the cross? Because when Jesus died on the cross, see, that was the payment for my sin and for yours. That was so that we could have eternal life. And Jesus knew that, but he didn't want to go through it. And he's like, Lord, if there's any other way that Clint, 2,000 years from now, can make it to heaven without me going through this, let's do that plan. And God was like, "Ah, there isn't. There's all these prophecies about you. You you were born of a virgin. You were born in Bethlehem. You lived a perfect life. No, this is, my will is that you would be born to die for my sins and for yours. So God answered Jesus' prayer, but it was, no, there there isn't any other way. So when we pray and we ask for things, We need to be willing to say, not my will, but yours be done. You know, how many of us have have prayed for that job? Like, oh, that's the perfect job. Lord, I want that job. Please give me that job. Give me that job. And then we don't get the job. And we're like, oh, you don't answer my prayers. Why don't you answer my prayers? And God's like, you wouldn't have liked that job. (laughs) Trust me. It wouldn't have worked out for you. That wouldn't have been a good thing. he knows better than us. So when we pray and we say, Lord, man, I want this job. Give me this job. If it's your will. See, that's how we should pray. If it's your will. Because I trust you. You know what's best for me. But guys, it's still okay to ask. All right? It's still okay to ask. My kids, many times when we were growing up, we were the ice cream family, and we just ate ice cream all the time. And uh, that's what kind of bonded us together, was eating ice cream and watching movies. That's what we did. And there were times when they would be like, hey, can we just eat ice cream instead of broccoli? I mean, we don't want to eat dinner. We just want to eat ice cream. Can we just go right to it? And we were like, no, (laughs) you got to eat dinner first. I'm like, okay. And I wasn't mad at them, you know, for asking. I was mad if they threw a fit, but I wasn't mad at them for asking. And you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes I'd be like, just so tired of parenting. I'd be like, just go eat. I don't care. Just eat ice cream. Eat all night. I don't care. (laughs) There are times I truly believe when God just, I'm, I'm gonna answer your prayer because I love you, you know? And what's best for you right now is for me to say yes once in a while, you know? And so we do. We just, we need to keep asking, but we need to allow God to have his way in our life and trust that he knows what's best for us I don't even know where I am on my notes so <laughs> first john 5:14 through 15 says this this is the confidence we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what he asked what we asked of him so it's that whole according to his will and we don't always know what God's will is, but boy, it's okay to ask. It's okay to ask Him. This past week, I was downstairs. I was watching NASCAR, which I never watched, but I was watching NASCAR. And I had the, um, the heater on, TV on. I had a blanket pulled up. And uh, Bristol was over, my grandnie. She's three years old. And she comes downstairs. She comes over beside me. And she gets up on the couch beside me, grabs a blanket, pulls it over here, over her. And I'm like, this is so great. We're gonna watch NASCAR together, the two of us. And then she says, Pop up, will you get my computer for me? Like, I'm comfortable. I'm laying here. The computer's way over there. And I'm like, Yes, I will, because I'm not her dad, you know. Like dad's like train, like grandparent type people. We just say yes, right? So, but I just I yeah, I got I got up, put the recliner down, took off the blanket, walked over there, got it for, me, made sure the batteries worked and everything. The point of that is. She wouldn't have had it if she hadn't asked, right? It's okay. Just ask God. Just ask God. I love this quote from Mark Batterson. God won't answer 100% of the prayers we don't pray. Just because the answer was no in the past doesn't mean it's going to be no today. Just because you didn't get ice cream last week, you might get it today. Because God knows what's best. And so we just trust him. We trust him in the midst of it all. So that's point number two. When Jesus prayed, he made lots of requests. And we should too. We should too. And then number three, when Jesus prayed, he, he believed he was heard. Nowhere in the, the prayer does Jesus say, oh, God, if you're up there, if you're listening, I want to talk to you. No, he, he knew that God was listening, and we can trust when we pray. God is listening. Psalms thirty-four seventeen says, "The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them." God hears us when we cry out to Him. Now, I can tell you to believe that God hears us or that God exists. It takes faith, right? It takes faith because we can't we can't see God. Like when, when I talk to my dad, I, I, get, I can talk to him face-to-face, I can see his reaction, I know he's listening, I can see it, we, we can't necessarily see God when we're praying, it takes faith. Faith is the bridge between what we know and what we see, right? I mean, because God is unseen, but he's there, faith is that bridge between us. I love the way that Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says it, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Being confident of something we're hoping for. That's believing that it's going to happen. And assurance about what we do not see. Assurance that God is there. He's listening to us. That's what faith is. And so when we pray, we have to have faith that God is listening to us. And by the way, if you haven't memorized verses before in the Bible... Um, I would encourage you to start. It is good to memorize scripture. And this is a great verse to memorize, Hebrews 11.1. Now, further on in that same chapter, verse 6, it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So it takes faith. When we pray, we have to believe that God is there and that God is listening to us. Super important. So here's a question I want us to ask ourselves. Think back about the last time you prayed. It could have been this morning. It might have been on your way in today. But just think about it. Think about that time of prayer and just ask yourself, did I really believe that God was listening to me? You know how sometimes we just like say a prayer and kind of move on? But if we, if we really believe that God, now last week we talked about a little bit about who God is. He's incredibly smart. He's the creator of the universe. He's incredibly powerful. He's This supernatural being. When we pray, do we really believe that that supernatural being who can do anything and has done everything is listening to me? And when we get our our minds around that and we start praying in faith, it changes how we pray. It changes things. See, then we start having a conversation with the God of the universe instead of just throwing out some words, right? Here's your last fill-in. A requirement for effective prayer is believing that God is listening. A requirement for effective prayer is believing that God is listening. Okay, I'm going to invite Tony to come up here and, and play the keys. Here's the deal. A lot of times we'll, we'll finish service uh, kind of on a high note with another worship song. Uh, but today what we're going to do is we're going to just turn our auditorium into our prayer room, much like we do on Tuesday nights. We're going to dim the lights a little bit. We're going to play some soft music. And we're going to give you an opportunity to just spend some time with God, to spend some time in prayer with God. Now, you can pray alone in your, your seat. Uh, you can join with someone and pray out loud together, you know, and have that conversation. Or you can come up to the front and ask a prayer team member if they would pray for you and pray with you. But we're not going to be in a hurry here. I know that we have food being ready in about 15 minutes or so. We'll, we'll eat the, the carry-in over there. Uh, But we got a good, you know, 10, 15 minutes that we can just spend some time with God and just talk to him. Because you know what? Our Heavenly Father loves when we talk to him. Loves when we talk to him. Okay, but I will ask that if you're not going to stay in here and pray, that you would uh, quietly just leave the auditorium and, and just keep it quiet in here for those that are praying, okay? Let's all stand for closing prayer. So God, I come to you and just thank you so much for loving our conversations, Lord. (laughs) You're not bothered by our questions. You're not bothered by our requests. You're not bothered when we just talk nonsense, God. You just love talking to us like a good father. You are such a good father. And Lord, I pray today that, that we would increase our conversations with you, Lord. That we would come to know your heart more and that you would change our heart more, God, to be more like your son, Jesus. So meet us here, Lord, as we take time to worship you and to to pray to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're officially dismissed. If you want to stick around and just hang out with God, just have a seat or join with someone for prayer as well. Prayer team will be up here. If you have something significant you want prayer, work, prayer for. It. Okay, we'll see you in about 15 minutes for lunch.